Welcome to Essie's Hour of Love. So we're up to episode 43, Strauss yeah. Man. Struzel. Str- As you say, Struzel, not Strudel. It's not Strudel. Struzel. That makes no sense to me why it would be Strudel. Struzel's not a word. Strudel is a thing. It's a yummy pastry. I don't think nicknames normally have to be a, an actual word. No, I completely agree. I mean, my parents call me face. Yeah, I get nudi, doody, or moody. <laughs> they all definitely sound like your name. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, it's actually like Nellie and I, my sister and I, we, dad just rotates. There's no rhyme or reason. Oh, so nobody has the, the nickname. You guys just. No, they just it's names he calls above. us. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I, yeah that works. Not? <laughs> so I think um, I wasn't here for this recording, but I got to listen to it. And I think that made me laugh the most was you can obviously tell you have a big smile on your face the entire time. You're like your voice is like six octaves higher than it normally is. I feel like yours just went a little higher. It did. <laughs> it still makes me laugh. I know. I re- I just adore the Struzel. Yeah. And well, I adore the whole man family and uh, yeah they made me really happy i was i was smiling the whole time i was so excited <laughs> yeah. i loved it it was a goodie yeah oh my favorite part about the entire Grace, episode I don't wait know. no 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 <laughs> no one's heard it yet no, this has nothing to do with the actual episode oh. it had to do with the fact that so we've been recording the episodes in my apartment and those of you that don't know this i'm like crazy type a very into the details but I I was so anxious about having Strauss in my apartment because I wasn't going to have like food or something for him prepared because he's very focused on his diet that I would I would have had a cheese plate I would have had something out but I didn't because I'm like I don't want to make it and then nobody's going to eat it because he's very focused on his diet and what he can and can't eat It it ate me up inside Wow. You know I'm a lunatic. It was 9.30 in the morning. <laughs> Who would eat a cheese plate no matter what your diet was? I he would. came with a bottle of, bottle of water. I wasn't worried at all. <laughs> this is where we differ. Okay, but I'm glad you got to say it out loud. Thank you. If you were here, you would have been more hospitable. <laughs> yes. Yeah, got it. Oh, so do you have any thoughts? The only thing just to give it context of like the man family is this lovely family that I came over to America and was their au pair for a year and a half when I was 22 so just to give that context of and Strauss man was uh is one of the kids yes uh, but this family is it's like your family here I know I adore adore j'adore them yeah, yeah. no they've become very close and kind of I call them my American family yeah with your American accent I like it did I do that? Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it. That's a goodie. All right. Subscribe. Um, oh, yeah. Subscribe to the podcast. Uh, write a review on iTunes. Reviews. That would be amazing. And Nancy and Jimmy, as always, thank you so much for helping us produce this podcast. And I hope you enjoy the show. Enjoy. Loving I, I 
actually use turmeric powder on my like eggs in the morning. How do you say it? Turmeric. Huh. Turmeric. Turmeric. I don't is know. Is it turmeric? I don't know. I don't know. I could be totally wrong. All I can say I is calling, in Australia. <laughs> I was calling thyme thyme for a year, so. Oh yes. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. So who knows? Yeah. Um, I feel like I want to explain how we know each other, but I just have so many times where this has tried to happen and people just get confused and I end up like bailing from the conversation. Well, I don't even know. Like you're, you're an au pair. Yeah. For you. Well, you were 11. Yeah. But you know what I was thinking about this morning? So many things I was thinking about this morning. I think I'm going to say that like 10 times was that you... So your mum said to you, I'm bringing someone else into the house to be our nanny. Mm-hmm. And you already knew it was me before she said um, who it was. Because I'd come and stayed like six months before yeah, yeah. or like four months before I at the house that. for one night. Um, and we just like hung out a little bit. I don't really remember spending that much time with you that night. And... Um, and then, yeah, she tells you like four months later, there's a new girl's going to come in and, and be our nanny. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I called it. I was like, is it Essie? Yeah, you're like, was it that girl that came and stayed? Yeah. That girl, that chick. That chick? That chick with the weird face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can laugh about that now. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. I had Belle's palsy. I had half a face, yeah. which was sort of a bit, yeah. It wasn't the most attractive thing in the world. Um, Wait, are we allowed to swear? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I've been staring quite a lot lately. It makes it more interesting. Did, was there a moment you wanted to swear just then? Well, I said that was fucked. Oh. Uh, oh, uh, like, gotcha. I didn't even hear that. I don't think like little kids are listening to Essie's Hour of Love. I don't think it. No, I don't think little Hopefully kids not. are. I don't think that's quite right. Although once your mum texted me to say, could Georgia listen to an episode? And I said yes, and then afterwards I was like, I don't really. <laughs> that <laughs> that wouldn't make me comfortable. <laughs> I was like, I think I misspoke. Whoops. That's hilarious. Um, but that, I, really my point of that with you, though, is that you have always been, um, what are you doing? I'm turning it off. Oh, the phone, technical. Um, you're pretty, like, I want to say the word telepathic, but it's not right. You... I feel like extremely observant and can see things that other people aren't necessarily paying attention to. I mean, yeah, I've been told that. Like, I think I'm an observant person, sometimes too observant, maybe like getting my own head about things, but I don't know. It's nice. But okay. So we're going to link, I'm going to link this to you are a, is it D1, D3? Uh, D1, yeah. D- like Division 1. Division 1. Let yeah. me say this because I'm really proud to You're say You're proud this. to say it. Yeah. D1, ice hockey. I have to say ice hockey because in Australia there's both. Ice hockey goalie for Michigan State. <laughs> uh, everything until the state. Oh. Is there a... That's our biggest rival. Oh, shame. So, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Michigan. Yeah, University of Michigan. Yeah. University of Michigan. Gotcha. And then there's Michigan State University. And ever since I've known you, you've been playing ice hockey. So from 11 years old, you you That's were playing. Crazy. It was that long ago. Yeah. I mean, I think you started like when you were nine or what, right? I don't even know. Like, yeah, I think I started when I was eight or nine, um, but didn't start playing goalie till like 
11 or 12. Yeah, yeah. You, you were definitely playing golf goalie when okay, I came so along. Okay, maybe 10 so, or 11, yeah. yeah. And you had the hu- you were this tiny little kid and you had your huge bag with all your equipment <laughs> in it. And I used to just watch you twaddle off with it with your shoulder. I know. I could barely carry that thing. So obviously you've become quite successful. But if when talking with you, you will not necessarily say that you, you're... I'm going to let you answer it, but I'll say it first, like necessarily naturally talented. Yeah. I think, um, like I'm naturally a good athlete, like in general. Um, but never like, was I in hockey just like, Oh my gosh, this kid is definitely going to be a great goalie. Like it was like, it was like that for a bunch of my friends in a way. Um, because they were kind of the reason I started playing hockey. But, like, for me, it was just, like, I was good, but never, like, oh, he's amazing. And another thing is, like, as a goalie, it's um, most of those younger guys that people think are going to make it are really tall, and that just wasn't something that I had. So it was never, like, thought of, I think, as, like, oh, this kid's a top prospect. But, I mean, I wasn't – no one would say I was, like, terrible, but – yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Like, um, I'm smiling because of the. I remember us being in the car one day when you were 11, and we were driving to one of your tournaments or something, and you we dating came up for me. You used to like to bring up my dating life, which was non-existent. <laughs> I think you. This just popped in the back of your head all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, but wait. Yeah. And I used to say, um. I would like someone, if we were explaining who we thought it was going to be that I would end up with, I'd be like, I would like someone that's taller than me. And you would get really annoyed with me. Oh, yeah. Because it was you. I remember that. Yeah. I was like, oh, like, does he have to be taller than me? Like, <laughs> what? what? Like, <laughs> but it really, like, I listen. I was yeah. like, fair enough. Like, it's like, it's not anything that anyone can control or be a part of and you might miss out on someone that's wonderful just because they're an inch like shorter than you yeah i mean it's not wrong i don't i don't know now i I don't really think about that as much but because like i am 5'11 now so i'm not like short but yeah i think i would get pretty offended by that yeah you you, yeah i remember that yeah you would that's hilarious (laughs) 11 year old kid (laughs) oh yeah yeah but i so when i think of like when i'm telling people about you and I say that your most um, incredible part about you is your mind. And that I even like link that to you being so observant and paying attention and seeing people's, um, like understanding people and asking questions. Because it's interesting that that's what I feel like I've watched you also like train for the past, you know, 10 years or so is how to like control and use your mind. And like, when did I, and maybe I'm not wording that right at all, but like, did that, was there a moment where you clicked in to be like, okay, maybe this isn't all like physical um, and, and actual like physical talent that I need, but I, there's other th- ways that I can get really good at what I'm doing. Yeah. What's funny is so hockey goalie, like why I really like it so much is cause it's so, so mental Um, There's so many, like, different parts of it that are mental in terms of, like, managing pressure, but also just, like, staying in the moment, staying loose. And um, 
but what's funny is that it, it wasn't till like the last two years that I really started to like work on my mental side of things. I think like you're saying, like, um, I've always been an observant person and goal oriented. And I think my junior year of high school, I kind of was like, how am I going to get an advantage over everyone else? And so my mind took over there, but in a way that it was like, I need to start working on my physical attributes and my diet and weight training. And that's actually what kicked in first. But only recently have I like really started to work on like my mental side of things and writing notes down all the time and meditating and different stuff like that. But I think that's been like the most important thing of all. Um, Do you know like we're going to like touch on all this stuff, but it was fascinating to me though is to, I mean, you really started to control your diet and what you were eating. And like, I mean, it it was, it was like intense, very intense. And what's funny is like, goalie is not I mean it, it like you do need to be in good shape for sure but um not it's not like the end all be all uh like you can get away with being a little bit out of shape like there have been really good goalies who haven't been in great shape but for some reason that was just the one thing that like was the first thing that got me going and I think in a lot of ways like taking my diet seriously like led to like other things where I'm like, oh, if I'm going all in on this, like I should be going all in on my sleep and then all in on my mental side of things. So I think it sort of was like a jump start from there. You know that I was really jealous because after I left being your nanny, um, the manny came along. Yeah. The male Jamie. nanny. Jamie. The really cool Jamie. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> now I think someone cooler and I'm going to be forgotten. And I remember you starting to pay more attention to what you were eating when he came along. But like that was like a little start of that. And I was like, bugger, like he's yeah. now going to be contributed to like, <laughs> your success. I was yeah. like, well, Strauss and I used to watch movies. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I don't know. I, like, I think I'd always thought about my diet a lot from a younger age because I was never like naturally in great shape. Like I would sort of go through stages of like, being a little pudgy and he would definitely brought it to my attention. So yeah, I guess I've never thought of that, but he probably have a lot to, a lot of credit goes to him for the diet stuff. All but, right. All right. Yeah, all right. I don't know. Sure. So you got to give me more here. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm, there'll be time. We're just getting started. I know, I'm yeah. <laughs> um, but I, what is more fascinating to me is that you talking about your diet and becoming quite strict with it is actually for me a mental game. So for me to really like when I'm paying attention, when I want to eat well and exercise and stuff, I, it's a, it's much more of a mental battle than a physical battle at all. So it's funny how like I'm actually associated as like you got stronger mentally to be able to yeah. commit to these yeah, I things. Yeah, think, I think of it the same way. Like, yeah, exactly. Like I, it was kind of just, um, a sign of me like totally committing my mind to hockey in a way, even if it wasn't just like if I was having a hamburger or like chicken and broccoli, it was like at least like the idea of like being disciplined and really like putting hockey first over um, just like simple pleasures, I guess. So when did this happen though, that hockey, that hockey meant that much to you that it was going to be 
trumping most other things in your life? Yeah, it was like junior or the summer before junior year of high school because it was like kind of now that I look back on it, the perfect time to start because if I had started any earlier, I think like I would have just been too young and like would have burnt out too fast. Um, at the time, I was the backup goalie on my high school team. Um, and so I was kind of like, I, like, I always have loved hockey. Like, you know that, yeah. like, I've always just loved it and loved competing and loved goalie. But I was kind of like, if I don't really just like do something to change or become better, like, I'm might not be able to play in college. And I really wanted to play division one. Like I, that was my, my goal. And I don't think like at that time as a backup, like it wasn't really even realistic, but I just really wanted to do it. And so I was like, I have kind of like two years here to just go all in for it and do what I can. So then I was just like, I really want to get in better shape because at the time I was a little bit out of shape. So that was like the first thing that came to mind, just like change my diet. And um, but it came from the gym that I still go to now, which is in Stanford, where bunch of NHL guys trained during the summer um and Justin you know Justin my best friend he uh love Justin love Justin so he he doesn't play hockey anymore but we were goalie partners back in the day and he went to this gym before I did and they had this like meal plan that was like a whole thing that all the guys did there and he came back with his meal plan and I don't even know if he really did it, but I just took the meal plan from him, took a picture of it, and just started to do it that summer, and it was, like, the game changer. But also, Justin, for me, is a game changer as well, because I feel like he was... You finally, like, found your person. I know. It was so, like... Because he, he was almost, like... He's a very funny person, like, very easygoing, and it was, like, at the time when I was starting to get very, like discipline and maybe a little bit less fun like he was kind of like a little bit of fun in my life that I could turn to even if it wasn't like going out and partying all the time or whatnot like it was he was a good balance so like but like even when you said right at the start of this you said you got into ice hockey because your friends were getting into it as well and like and friends I feel like you watch observing you with like your guy friends and being a part of the crew has always been it was for of course as all of us is like important yeah and but then there was something so different when Justin came along it was like you I don't know I I, I, you might not even remember this but you and I were in the car again one day and we were chatting and you just were like yes I like I finally like could kind of like realize what it's like to have like a really good best friend and it was like this well, he, yeah, he was, like, not part of my friend group at school at all because he didn't go to my school. But it was just we, like, because you could say we hit it off <laughs> after, like, eighth grade. And, um, families kind of became – or I kind of became close with their family and he became close with mine. It was just – it was nice to have, like, one guy that you, like, could talk to about anything. Yeah, it was like you could relax a little bit because yeah. you didn't – you know, like yeah, there was sure. a solid, it's so good when you finally have like a solid friend. Like, I don't for have sure. to worry anymore if like I have friends or not, or like that my dynamic of friends. Cause exactly. like I got this person next to me exactly. and that's all that really matters. Yeah. And that was big. Cause like at the time, like when I was starting to be more disciplined, like I had to stop going to a lot of parties and stuff and maybe 
because of him, like, I didn't have to worry as much about, like, oh, like, I'm missing out on all these, like, things with my friends at school, like, because, like, I wasn't as worried about that anymore. Is there anything you're grateful for, actually, that you did skip a little bit in high school? Interesting question. Yeah, I think, like, um, I, I don't know if I'm grateful, like, because it's, it's always tough, like, missing parties and missing things. Like, you always want to be a part of things. But at the same time, like, there are a lot of people, and not to say this would be me if I hadn't had hockey, but there's always, like, some people that peak a little bit too much in high school, go a little bit too hard in high school, and um, don't really, like, set themselves up for the future as much. And I'm glad that, like, hockey kept me on the right path in general. But, um, I mean, it is hard, to be honest, like, just missing things. But it all, like, all my closest friends from high school are still my close friends. Like, it all, life just goes on. And, like, you didn't really miss anything. It just kind of feels like that. Yeah, I know, but at the time. At the time, it's brutal. It's always. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Hindsight's always lovely, yeah. though. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I, have to, I feel like a bit bad because of my comment around you not having natural talent, mm. <laughs> which is not what I meant. But <laughs> but you would always bring up to be like, yes, I'm not no, tall it, enough. Yeah, it's actually I'm, like, I find that to be the biggest compliment, actually, I, like in all seriousness. Okay. Um, a random like parent that I hadn't seen in a long time kind of said the same thing to me like a couple weeks ago, like that it was impressive that like some of my friends, like I have a lot of friends that are playing Division One hockey, but they were always kind of like, just always everyone knew they were at that level and this mom said like it's cool how you weren't when you were a kid and like you worked hard and got there um i thought that was like the coolest thing okay well then i'll I'll, I'll keep it there i in my life when i've thrown myself into some things it's sometimes it's been because someone challenged me subconsciously like i remember once when i took a bar back job at a bar when I was 18 Mm. the guy that I was interviewing with said I've never we've never had a girl that could do it and I was like okay I can do this I can definitely carry three cartons of beer upstairs and restock fridges and clean girls bathrooms at 6 a.m in the morning like I can do that but and then there's like other times where someone has said I don't think that you would be able to handle that workload at school and I'm like so I take three more classes just to prove that I can do that workload or even someone said to me before I came moved over to America to be a nanny they're like yes I don't think you're going to be able to handle being a nanny and I'm like well let me show you like did you have any moments throughout this process where and by the way, they're not meaning to challenge me. They're just yeah. making an observation yeah. or a comment or a belief. And I take it and like run with it. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's like the, the prove people wrong. Uh, PPW, it's not the big thing. Like, and I. Wait, there's a whole. Yeah. PPW? I mean, there's some, I know there's some like goalies. I know that literally have it like written on their helmet. Oh, wow. Um, but for me, honestly, like, I mean, they're. In anyone's life, there are always people that doubt you, but I honestly, like, I guess maybe just the way I work, like, I never feel like I'm, like, proving people right uh, wrong. I feel more like I'm, like, proving the people that believe in me right mm. in a way, and that sounds corny, but, or even just proving myself right, because, like, 
I don't know if my, my personality, maybe now a little bit more than it was, but in the past, it was never like, oh, my, this coach said you can't do it. So I'm like, I'll show him. It would kind of more be like, maybe I can't do it. Like, holy cow. And it would be a little bit scary. But then there would always be some people that it, like I know really believed in me and have said, like, I really think you can do it. And those were kind of the people that like kept me on my track and kept me believing that I could. Um, and one of them is like, like yeah, you? like Who Steve Alaket, my goalie coach. He he played in the NHL and he was who I was was, was skating with every summer. Um, and he would just say like, like as, like by the time I was sixteen, seventeen, is like I really think you can play Division One. And that's like when I was still a backup on my high school team. And so it's like if he's saying that, then I believe it, and like I can do this. And he's honestly the guy who like challenged me in a bit to get in my best shape and like put all um, my effort into like the little things. But yeah, like, and it it's funny because like it's great to like prove those people wrong that didn't be- didn't believe in you. But like I've never, I feel like during the process it hasn't been like a, a driver. huge motivator. That makes sense. But actually, what more makes sense of what you're saying is. Uh, how good it feels to live up to someone's yeah um, how they see well yeah you. don't get yeah. Me, don't get me wrong though it feels great to prove people wrong. like <laughs> yeah. that's not, I love that like and that's why I used to think I was more of like a prove people wrong person but I've actually thought about it recently and I realize I'm not but I think it's just like when I accomplish something it feels great to prove people wrong but the actual motivator itself I think and what kept me on track was more like proving people right yeah. Because I am, I want, you know, some, a classic thing in this situation is like, did you have parents that really pushed you or like drove this? Like, and I have my own observations of this. I mean, I'd love love to hear your observations. By the way, I just feel like if Sally and Tony Van are listening to this, they're like, all right, S, let's hear your observations. Yeah, let's hear your observations. (laughs) Uh, That's his parents. I don't think at all. I mean, I think they're the most supportive parents that I that I've ever seen and were willing to do whatever you wanted to do to like keep this going in your career but I never as an observer I never felt though that they put any pressure that you had to do it or there was a certain level that you had to be at or or, or anything like that never yeah and that's like and there's this whole um kind of movement on social media going on right now on, on like keep sports fun for your kids like Mm. don't put too much pressure on them and I think you're spot on there like they um they never put pressure on me and that also comes from just they were never like a hockey family or anything it was kind of my own thing but my mom also it's just them as human yeah yeah as human beings for sure I mean I I will say my dad (laughs) just being my dad like and being such a driven successful like passionate person like I he didn't put pressure on me but just being who he is like kind of I felt like a pressure to kind of live up to that but besides that like it's always been me and my mom's always said like why she lets me just do my thing is because like she sees that I'm like driven in it and she would never want it to be them leading the way like them um signing me up for camps and being like you have to do this you have to do that like it was always me being like 
I need to get up at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning before school, and can you please, like, drive me to practice? And she's every time, like, 10, 10 times out of 10, she'd be willing to because it was, like, me that was pushing for it. Uh, and that was just, like, huge. And I still use that. Like, I've been coaching a little bit now, and I can kind of, like, see in the younger kids, like, there's I feel like there's honestly no point in, like, pushing some kids who don't want to push themselves even at a young age, you can kind of see like who wants it and who doesn't. And literally, no matter how naturally talented they are, I can tell off the bat, like who has a chance and who doesn't just because it's, it's that simple. Like you have to be the one at the end of the day that's pushing yourself. Cause like your parents or your coach won't be out there with you every day. Um, two thoughts. Yes. One, how cool is it also when, you're wrong. Like when you thought someone wasn't like going to, this is like in life mm-hmm. in general. Like I love being proven wrong. Like when I think someone's not necessarily that nice a person or they're not that dedicated or that, and then you like somehow get to see a little bit further in and you're like, Oh my God, I got this all like yeah. backwards. And then they're actually this quite inspiring person. So I was like in thinking about how many, much coaches must, like if they stick with some kids or some yeah. players, they get like proven wrong yeah. and how good that must feel. Yeah. Besides that. Secondly, you are an incredible coach. And I can talk about <laughs> this from personal experience because for a year and a half, I had to learn every single sport being your nanny. <laughs> and like, I mean, to the point, why did I say a year and a half? It's not like then our our relationship ended. I would come over quite a lot. And I remember first off it was basketball, but I could kind of play. So I like gained your respect because I could like at least get it. Yeah, no, we were playing games of horse and you're, you're holding your own. Yeah. So like, okay. So that means like I got like a little tick of approval. Yeah, you got a little respect. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got really into baseball, so I had to become a catcher because you were um, a pitcher. So we, yeah. for about an hour every afternoon or, like, every third afternoon, yeah. I would be out on the grass on my, like, bending on my knees catching that thing. I remember yeah. your – oh, this is proud moment. I remember your dad came back – came home one – it must have been coming home a bit early – and he couldn't see me because there must have been like a tree in front of me. But we were playing that game of, you know, we used to do this where um, like you throw and then if you catch it, then we take a step back. And we, because we, we're basically yeah, trying to see, see how, how far, how far can we get. can throw. And we were like, we'd be doing it every day. So yeah. we had like reaches putt. And your dad walks out and he's like, who are you throwing with? Because I was hiding and I stepped out from like behind the tree. And he's like. Yes, like, <laughs> you're so proud. Big proud moment. Yeah. But you always and then but the final thing was golf. You then you got into golf, and this was way after I'd been a nanny with you. I came down and I was like, oh, I've always struggled to hit a golf ball. I've tried so many times. In 30 minutes of you sitting there being patient, explaining it to me, I was hitting it back at the back of the um, grass at the house, like like off the ground, everything. But, and I don't like, you're like, yeah, shush. Like, are you, oh, oh, I can see it in your face. Like, what are you talking about? But you're very patient. 
you also, because you pay so much attention to sports and how to specifically play that you can be like, no, move your thumb, change the thing. And you like you, because you've gone through all that process, because you, you teach yourself so many different sports, you just sort of kept reliterating that to me and then I could do it. So it doesn't surprise me at all mm. that you're like starting to get into coaching. And, and now I want to take that. Cause like two weeks ago I was up at your the lake house and I said, if you weren't in ice hockey, I would love it that you were going to be a, um, what's it called when you're the person behind the microphone? Oh, like a TV like like a, analyst sort of yeah, thing. Or broadcaster. Yeah. But I'm switching. I think you should be a coach. <laughs> I think I should be a coach. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've thought about being like, obviously it's a long ways away, but I think coaching is so like rewarding be so cool i mean if you can teach se how to swing a golf yeah, club which then, was a, i mean then you, you can move do mountains any. yeah <laughs> <laughs> very funny but yeah no i i mean i don't coach a lot yet but it is it is interesting like coaching with my coaches um when they're coaching younger kids and they kind of like you understand what they're saying now when they're like they could see at a younger age that I kind of had had it in me, even though the maybe the physical tools weren't there. And there's a couple kids where I'm like, I can totally see the same thing in them. And it just, it makes so much sense because at a young age, it's funny how like parents or whoever like think it's all figured out and like this kid's going to make it, that kid's not. But it's so funny how things change. Like from when my team, when I was like 14, literally everyone thought like, these are the D1 kids. These are the kids that will never play hockey again. And it's like, like some of them were right, but a lot of them, just the guys that should have made it didn't and the guys that shouldn't have did. Um, but like it all comes down to like the mental side of things. So what have you learned about this mental side of things? What's like been some big like breakthroughs and on how to control your mind? Maybe because you're a freaking goalie, you're in there. If you let something in, you could, and you feel, I'm not using great terminology. If the puck goes in and the other team gets a goal, if you lose your confidence or something happens, that could completely utterly lose the game. Yeah. I mean, that's like, that's like the pressure side of it. And that's, there's a couple areas of um the mental side and the pressure side of it's huge that's one of them and that's like the in-game pressure of just understanding that like you have so much weight on your shoulders and your team's relying on you so much um and that that's a huge one for sure because it's like every hockey game feels so close and um if you make one mistake like it's in the back of your net and you're letting everyone down and now it's crazy because it's like I'm starting to learn the last couple of years of playing in front of actual fans too like you're not only letting your team down and the like 10 people in the stands you're letting down like 7,000 people in the stands and everyone's like oh like we just let up a goal and you just feel so bad but um and I've had to deal with that in a couple ways because you kind of just have to realize that you just have to do what you can do and like I mean whatever happens just kind of happens like you you prepare as much as you can you um you try as hard as you can and then if goals go in like I mean that's why hockey's played so that goals go in like it, it's gonna happen any 
any hockey game to any athlete like you see these bloopers on espn like it's just kind of a part of the game like if you want to have the fame of like getting the high moments of winning hockey games in front of all the fans is of making big saves like you also have to take the other side of it which is not great but it it's just like it's pretty it's like i guess i'm not explaining great but no no you are the the one way i'll explain it is like there was this one video on twitter of me getting scored on um does that mean it went through yeah it went went in the net (laughs) point for the other team gotcha um and it was like an overtime against our biggest rival and it was like all over twitter and like i was just looking at one of the videos and it had like maybe like 500,000 like views or something of like me just getting scored on and my buddy like sent it to me and he was like like damn this sucks and i was like yeah this it's so bad but then like 2 seconds later he just responds but how cool is it that you're like on Twitter getting seen by this many people, even though it's like you getting scored on? I'm like, I mean, you're not wrong, wrong. in a way. Yeah. Like, and you can always put it into perspective. It's, I don't know. You know what? It, I listen to a lot of uh, comedians talk about their process. And um, even like Jerry Seinfeld say, like, comedian cars getting coffee. And most podcasts I listen to somehow ends up being around performers and comedians. And, they talk about how much they had to bomb and going up on stage and continuously trying different jokes and trying different skits. And if it bombed, it meant that uh, they were learning something and that they had something had to change and something. It was like, it has, that has to happen. And any comedian that just ends up getting fame really quickly that hasn't gone through those years and years of getting up on stage and having like really bad experiences, Mm -hmm. it's sort of like they're not respected because that's a part of, this whole process and how do you get better if you haven't like lived through that i mean it makes total sense and um putting it more in like specific hockey goalie terms is like i remember this huge game that we had in high school like the biggest game i was ever going to play in uh at the time and it was going to be in front of like all my friends at school like parents i knew whatever and was this right at the end Right at the end of high school, my last game. Of I high think school, I was like, yeah. at, I was looking after Georgia at the house yeah. at the time, and it was like I it just could not have gone worse because the whole thing, the whole like part of goalie is like you need to stay loose and in the moment, but as soon as your mind goes to what will happen if I let this goal in, then you're just gonna play tight and not really react to the shots. You're just gonna be like really tight and. Um, everything's just going to kind of find its way in because you're not playing loose and you're not in the moment. Uh, and it just was like a huge eye-opener for me because obviously it was like an awful game, but I started to realize as I moved forward, like you can never think like what if, what if this happens? Like what if I let up a goal? Um, you just have to be like, I'm just going to give it everything I have and if it goes in, it goes in. Because if you're thinking like ahead like that, then you're done and so, that was like a big thing for me to help me moving forward i know i remember you coming home i was so scared it was so bad i was because your <laughs> mom called me to warn me that the game didn't go well and um because i didn't end up going because georgia i, I couldn't because something to do with georgia 
And um, and you're so funny when you you were like, "S, I think you you would like it because it's an experience." But you were like, "But I don't need you to be there." <laughs> Thanks, Drizzle. Um, but then I was so nervous you coming back into the house because I was like, "I, you know me, I'd be like, Drizzle, I'm so sorry that this has happened," which is the last thing that you would want like to hear. But um. I remember you walking in and you just like sort of had your head down and you're like, yes, I need a bit of time. And I was like, got it. So I sort of walked away from him and like two hours later, we like started to cook something and you like giggled a little bit. And I was like, oh, okay. I think, I think like he's going to be okay. Um, but what happens then? What happens? You're in the goalie and you, you, it slips, a mind thought slips in and says, what if I, what if, there's, you know, what, what if, what do you do? What's, what's a trained muscle now to like fucking knock that out of the park and, and get rid of that thought? Um, there's a couple things like what I've started to do recently is for every negative thought that enters my head, you say like five positive things. So if it's like two minutes left in the game and you're like, if I let up a goal here, like it's going to be all my fault or something. Then you're like, yeah, but I'm like the best. Like I'm the, like the coolest, like something like that. Like, <laughs> like, obviously not like that, but, but like, oh, I just made a huge save back then. So I just got the team back in it. Like just things that are like positive. Cause you just want to be feeling good and loose mm. and in the moment. And yeah, it's, it's hard though. And that's why there's so much like preparation before games. So you're like, your, your mind's in the right spot when you get into a game because that's just the biggest thing. Um, there's so many, like, little balances that you need to find between, like, being really, like, in it and aggressive but also not so aggressive that you're, like, squeezing your stick too tight and then wanting to really, like, compete. But then also you can, like, be over-competitive and, like, as a goalie you want to stay compact so you're – start splitting open and letting up holes so there's so many little like balances and at the end of the day it all it comes down to your your mind and how you control everything so like I and it's been less and less recently as as I've gotten a little bit older and like played in more games but like my first big games I'd spend like literally an hour just like writing notes or like going over past notes so that when like the puck dropped that I'd be like in the perfect mindset and sometimes you're not but you just there's parts in your notes that are like if my mind's not in the right spot it's okay like you just mm. have to oh wow so you're trying to you're trying to prepare yourself for anything that can come your way which is hard to do but but that's why like you're saying with the comedian thing like the more experiences you go through like the more you're just calm in those situations like moving forward because you've been through it and you realize there's going to be another game next week if it doesn't go well today like where and that's why that that high school game was so hard because I was like my life is over like I'm never gonna play another hockey game like because you didn't know you were in you know I didn't know at all I wasn't committed or anything at that time to school so I was like this was like every scout was there like I'm never gonna play again but you realize like, and that's like, I used to put so much pressure on myself. And even after that, the year after that, I put a lot of pressure on myself. Like this, like playing hockey is my like destiny. And like, if I mess up, then I'm going to ruin it sort of thing. Like, and now I've done a better job. at just kind of being in more of a place where it's like, 
literally the worst thing that could happen is that I play awful and I don't play hockey again, but like I still will have a good life. Like it's not all over. Like, and I think that's helped me like deal with some of the pressure because it's, it's like, just give it everything you have. And if it doesn't go well, then it wasn't meant to be. I feel like we should say, um, so that was the end of high school, right? Yeah. That game. And then when did you get, when did you find out you got into juniors? Yeah. So juniors is like the, the term for, for the most part after high school hockey. And it's become a huge thing where, um, you take a gap year or two or three where you go and play what's called junior hockey. And it's like ages 16 to 20. So some people go in while they're still in high school, but it's like to prepare you for college. Um, and that's why there's so many college hockey players that are so old because most of them take years off to play and some are already committed to college when they go into juniors and some go to juniors looking to get committed. And I was, um, the latter of those two, I wasn't committed going into juniors, but yeah. So after the high school season, um, I went to a couple of tryouts and kind of just had one like amazing tryout where I made a team in the USHL, which is like a league where if you kind of stay there and you can solidify your spot there for the season, then you, you probably will commit division one. So that was honestly like that's huge, the biggest right? thing. Yeah. Like, Cause you had no real I was, sort of prospects. Before. Well, like that was kind of, yeah, that yeah. was like, I, I had no guaranteed spots. Like I had a spot in the level below it, but on that level out of a team of like 25 guys, only like, seven or eight will go division one where in the ushl it's like almost every guy goes division one so i went to this camp and um they have like literally a draft for this league so most of the guys that end up playing for the teams are drafted by the teams and i was undrafted and kind of just went to the camp and had like an amazing week and it was like it was probably the biggest week of like in my career because if i didn't make that team like I mean, I still could have gone to one, but it wouldn't have been like probably to Michigan. And if you come out of the other league going into D1, you're usually like a third goalie type guy. You don't get as much of a chance. You really have to like because that's also yourself. the thing. Yeah. You a goalie. There's only yeah. There's only two, on... two guys that play really for the most part. So so um, then you, that was huge. Like you moved to team. Fargo. And I moved to Fargo, North Dakota. <laughs> that's where my team was located, um, and that was awesome it was like just so so different from my childhood but like in the best way possible um I definitely grew up a lot there and it was just like cool it was like it was like basically like pro hockey in a way like the whole town just like rallies around the team and you're there like I had a part-time job but like and took a couple online classes but besides that you're literally just there to play hockey um and it was it was so cool because it was like you're playing in front of like 3,000, 4,000 fans a night and you like go from high school to that and it's just like crazy. Uh, but it was like the coolest experience ever. One of my dad's favorite stories about you for some reason <laughs> um, is I must have told him really early on that you and I, um, in summers we would go, this was like everyone would do it, but we'd go sit in the hot tub at, in, at the pool at the house, at your house. And you and I would, did it quite often at, and we would look around and you would like to tell me to be like, you know, S, 
not everyone lives like this. You, <laughs> you like to, to like point that out to me. And in my head, I'm like, I know. Yeah. Do you know? <laughs> but you were always so aware of like growing up in Greenwich, Connecticut, and it was a beautiful like life. But yeah, the shift from going from there to Fargo is yeah. huge. It's huge. But it was like, for some reason, it was always something I like wanted to do I don't, I don't know if it was like a chip on my shoulder or what like what it was or just almost like wanting to prove to people like I wasn't just like a Grinch Connecticut kid mm. but I always kind of wanted that experience and I think like it was like at the time when I hadn't made a junior team yet and it was still the unknown like all my friends were into their colleges like I had a division three college offer um to play hockey straight after high school but I was just like never really interested in like settling almost and I and at the same time I almost had the mindset where it's like if the worst case scenario happens and I don't play D1 like I'll still have such a great experience from this um so yeah it was just something like I was always just like really wanting to like go live in the middle of nowhere almost and I mean, at I the wonder, end of the day, you're playing hockey. Like, it's not the yeah, worst you're thing doing, in the world. Yeah, you're doing, yeah. I also wonder, like, my suspicion would be of just also the curiosity of of different worlds and how, yeah. like, what what's it like and, you yeah, know, just to I mean, gain some awareness. Exactly. I mean, I just, I always knew, like, that I, like, I was very lucky growing up and I just, I was never opposed to, like, expanding my horizons, horizons I guess you yeah. could say, and just... Like learning something new, but at the same time, like growing up, like I always just wanted to be like a hockey player. And I think like I might tell like parents that at that, at the time that I was like, Oh, like I really just, it would be so cool to live like in a place. Cause like, like Fargo or somewhere like that. Um, cause like parents would respect that. But for me, I also think I just kind of wanted to just go and play (laughs) hockey all day. Like, cause it was like so cool to me. Yeah. We can look at the other elements. Yeah. That's fine. So then, okay. So then, Michigan. So what? How, how do you get in there? Um. So basically, Michigan was like always a school that I really wanted to go to. Uh, it's funny because like my my mom and my sister always say like, or when I committed, they were saying they're like, it's so cool because like we think this literally would have been the school that you would have like wanted to go to if you were just a student without hockey and I couldn't agree more like it's it's such a cool place such a good like mix of even without hockey like great mix of academics culture like athletics in like the viewership way and then also like the hockey program is just awesome so it was like the perfect fit and I always kind of had that in the back of my head um in fact, like when I was going into my senior year of high school, this goes back to like the prove people wrong thing, but my, uh, I had a, like a talk with my high school coaches, like there's end of the year meetings for every player on the team. And they like asked me like in a perfect world, where would you like go to college? Where would you play college hockey? Cause they knew I wanted to play college hockey. And I was like, uh, like perfect world, like, uh, say like Michigan and they just kind of look at each other and respond. I kid you not. Let's let's say something more realistic. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I was like starstruck by that. But so but it, it's because they don't really recruit from out east as much. Um, but it was like I always kind of had that in the back of my head, I guess. And it was always kind of my dream school in a way. 
Um, so like when I got to the USHL and that became more realistic because they kind of Michigan recruits out of that area a little bit more. Then as soon as I got a couple offers from like other schools, I had my coach like call them, different coach, but um, call Michigan and just see if they would even be interested at all. And they said they like would be. So then. Oh, just, you got someone to call Michigan. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you can kind of like leverage your offers. So wait, who called? Who who did you ask to call? Um, my goalie coach, not Steve, who we were talking about earlier, but Nolan. They they worked together. He he knew one of the like my assistant coach now at Michigan. Um, Good on so, you. Yeah, so he called him and and then they like started to look a little bit and and then we played um, the USA team, which is in located in Michigan. And they came and watched that game. Did you know they were coming? I did because it's like 20 minutes from campus. And I had, I did have a visit scheduled for literally the next day. Um, was your dad Michigan or there. mom there for that my game? My dad was there. Yeah, because he can't, because he wanted to be there for like my visit. So I knew they were going to like come to my game and then I'd have my visit. And it was like this huge pressure Yikes. thing. Yeah. And I just like had like a great game. And then that weekend, like that after uh, my visit, they offered. So it was. And then it was just, I literally accepted on the day of because it was just no brainer. It's crazy. That's unbelievable. Yeah, it was nuts. You know what's funny though? Because it might, I could be like, wow, like, like, isn't that amazing that happened? And yet, when you really think about the 50 billion things and decisions and hours that you've put in for that to happen, I mean, at 11 years old, I would take you to. I say I, everyone did. I just remember my like memory of this to ice hockey training probably three times a week. And we would finish at 11 PM at night and you were 11 years old. And then the times be like, S you got to wake me up at six 30. Cause I have to do my homework. That was our constant fight between <laughs> you and I, by the way, it was homework. And you're like, yeah. I'm going to do it. I'm like, you're not going to do it. <laughs> and I, I mean, got it done. that was 11. You always did 11 years old. It's like, and and I mean, there's like, I mean, I no, can't, if your mom and dad crazy. were sitting here, could you imagine how many different things they've seen and watched you like put yourself through throughout this it whole time? Crazy. And I was watching, I'm a big Mets fan. And last night I was watching the Mets game. They're extremely hot right now. Um, and there's like actually, they have, have they, is this kind of unique that they're extremely hot right now? It's a little bit. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're, they haven't been great in the past two years, maybe, but. Um, yeah, but the point is like, there was this guy on the Marlins who was playing his first ever game. Um, and the guy in the Mets who was pitching had just won like the best pitcher in the league award last year. So it was like an amazing pitcher. And this guy's first game, it was hit a home run off him for his first career hit and his first career game. And his whole family was at the game and they were being interviewed while he hit the home run. And so it was like, they just had it all on tape on the TV and you just see like, there's like 20 people there that literally are just going bananas Mm. because they just, it's like the proudest moment for them. But you also know like how much like each of those people helped him get to where he is. And the announcers were like, it literally takes a village to get someone to the major leagues. And it's like, it's, a little bit of lesser extent, I guess, or maybe not, but it's like totally how I feel about like how I got to where I am. Like I couldn't have done it if my parents were all over me about things or if they weren't willing to drive me to practice when I wanted to go or my sisters 
weren't supportive or you oh shut up no just kidding <laughs> you didn't good on you stress um but yeah no that's the charmer in yeah, him yeah 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 but seriously it's uh like and then even then like but like all you also need coaches. so many had like four, so many coaches like, yeah there's like oh a huge without my goalie coach too like not a chance i would be where i am like no matter if i did my diet or whatever like the stuff he's taught me and like just i'm so lucky too um and then it's like with all that the craziest part is how close i was to like not making it and it yeah. could have easily like if i had like one injury or even just like that camp i went to where i played amazing if i let up two more goals than i did like maybe i'd be in a totally different place right now um and that's why i think i like started to, after that i started to kind of put that pressure on me like oh this is all like meant to be but then I just started to realize, like, I mean, if it didn't happen, it didn't happen. Happened, like, life yeah. goes on. Like, but, I mean, I'm definitely so grateful for that it, like, that it did happen. So what about going back to, like, I don't know if the word is right of, like, what you've had to give up or for this process. But I think there's been times where I've thought about you and even, like, you going off to college and the relationships that you're forming and, hockey is such a huge part of your mind and your life that, you know, it's like, is he, is he having the college experience that, you know, yeah. he could be like, and like even um, we were at dinner the other night and there was a, one of your team members on at dinner and I questioned him about what, yeah. what you're like on the team. And, and for you to me, like how I see you as like the funniest, real funny guy, like, big personality, um, jokester, you know. So I'm wanting to, like, I'm like, yeah, tell me what he's like in the locker room. And he's like, oh, he's very focused. He's like, heads down. I'm like, oh. Uh. <laughs> and then I forgot, like, I did also forget you were a freshman, like you're trying to, like, make your mark on, you know, build up, yeah. all that kind of stuff. But has there, you know, what have, do you feel like there's been some struggles in, in that other part of life, especially like relationship forming? For sure. I think like, I mean, my mindset on that changes still right now on, it's, it's always just like a balance. Um, like going back to my diet and stuff like that, like to say I like have a strict diet is kind of like an understatement. Yeah. Like it's like, like it can literally get in the way of like, like, I don't want to go out to, like, eat at places because, like, I'd rather, like, have a meal that's, like, healthier um, so I can recover the best from my practice or whatnot. And uh, so, like, that's how crazy it has been at times. And I feel like one of the best analogies, one of the best stories that sums this up a little bit is, like, you have to worry about well, you have worried in the past about the food smelling on the bus with the boys going to like an away game um, because it's so sort of random that you've cooked your own food and are carrying it with yeah. you and it's like 10 pounds of broccoli. <laughs> yeah. I, but yeah, like it can just to kind of phrase it quickly, like it can kind of get in the way of things and um, even just my wanting to get sleep like when guys are out wanting to hang out on a Saturday night, like, or Friday night, or even just the night before practice on a weekday, like, I might want to get to bed, and stuff like that can get in the way of, like, relationships, and 
when I was in Fargo, like it was kind of my one year where I was like, I need to go all in. Like every little decision matters. Everything is like has to be almost perfect in a way. Um, I would let that get in the way of kind of relationships, but I did kind of accept that going into college, like I wouldn't have the typical college kid experience. Like I'm not going to be out drinking every night, but at the same time, like recently, especially like I also don't want to like look back when I'm 40 and be like, I had no fun at all. I made no friends. Like, so there has been a little bit of give and take, but it's the hard part is like, it's easy to say it's all a balance, but like the hard part is finding the balance because, and I think for me, it's always like just finding what I prioritize, like even in one night, like what's more important right now. Um, like going out with my friends and making these bonds or getting a good night's sleep. And I think that's why I'm a very different person in season than I am out of season because I'm very in touch with like my goals and what I prioritize. And in season, it's kind of like the food and all that kind of trumps the rest because I need to be ready for practice the next day. And I do have bigger goals in mind but at the same time like I've realized that once season's over like I do have to go out with my friends and I do have to have fun and I do have to show them that I'm like I want to like be a part of the group and I would have even have to do that in season of course because like that's that's huge for the team just getting everyone together Um, but one thing that I will say was like really hard was when I started my diet and all that in high school and I know I've told you this before, is that like I already had all my friends from my childhood and Justin we were talking about and um, like everyone just kind of was like, oh, it's Strauss, like we know him and he's just doing this weird thing, but it's like all good, like he's the same person. But the last two years when I've gone into Fargo and then Michigan, I'm, I literally didn't know anyone yeah. and I'm coming in with all these weird habits and they're kind of just like, Who's Who the hell kid? is this weird kid? Like, and it takes a while because, like, I'm not willing to, like, just give up everything I have, at, like, have been doing at the beginning so that I seem cool. Like, that's a big part of what I do, like, putting what I do before just, like, seeming cool yeah. socially. Um, but it's hard because they literally, are like, who is this kid who has, like, does all this weird stuff? And the it, smelly like, broccoli. Li- yeah, it literally takes months for them to be like, oh, wait, he's actually kind of normal. He just does all this weird shit. But do you, I mean, I am guessing that you've had one or two guys come up to you after they sort of figure it out and be like, you have taught me a lot or like I think it's really commendable. What's the word? Yeah, commendable. Commendable. If they don't say it that straight up, they like you you get the sense where it's like even if they're just asking advice on like, diet or this like it just feels good finally when you're like okay they kind of kind of like get me now and like get the whole thing i could um um, be projecting but the guy that uh he's on your team right now that's uh, staying with you i was watching when we were off at the lake house i saw that he you went and made yourself a cup of tea after you eat because it helps digest and i saw him go do it (laughs) and i'm like my guess is that he would not be doing this if he hadn't seen strauss like have teas after meals to help digest that's like the best feeling ever when like people ask you for the advice on things like yeah but i mean it is hard it's like i i won't kid you like it took like months in a way for me to really feel like I like like my friends and my teammates like knew kind of who I was really because the first couple months I 
it was it was tough because they I think they literally didn't understand me at mm. all like because they see like oh this kid's not drinking or going out like he must not be social or he's probably never had a sip of alcohol in his life and I'm like little do you know like I probably started drinking before any of you <laughs> and like I just realized that's like not what I wanted to do do yeah uh but it's like I guess it's not like the norm so it makes sense that people don't get it but uh, it's a really good feeling now. Like finally I'm going into my sophomore year and it's not a fresh start yeah. for the second straight year. And I'm like, you can be like you. I'm so much more at ease and like knowing what to expect and I can just like be myself. Yeah. It's just huge. Um, I'm like aware of time, but I could talk to you for like hours. There's, uh, there's, <clears throat> I am amazed. I never really thought about this. I've watched American movies and this is not that this doesn't happen in Australia. It's just, I'm saying my process. <laughs> I've watched American movies, especially like small town, um, small towns where the sports team on Friday is like the biggest, is a really big deal. And everyone comes out to the game and it, it's just so much passion around it. And like watching everyone just like have so much joy supporting these players. And I'm like, oh, that's a nice story. And then have like been an observer of of you going through this process and like having just these big wins. And then like when you went to Fargo, like I mean, many people went over and saw you play. I went and saw you play over in Fargo and just like sitting on in that crowd and being like, that's Struzel in the <laughs> in the in, in the um, you know goals and everyone's cheering him on. And then after the game. All these kids came up and were like hugging you and wanting you to sign autographs and watching how much like every like uh, like the family friends that I know of yours just be so excited and people you know tuning in to watch games wherever they are in the world to see you play the joy that it has brought people like I, I I just never really thought about that element of of it and it's a it's like a gift and I, I don't say this to put pressure I hope it doesn't put pressure on you I know that you're stronger than like mentally stronger than that but it's amazing how like you putting work into yourself and and committing to something that that also can bring joy to others which is like quite an amazing like circle in itself yeah I, it's it's crazy like and I, like you said like that's not something I ever thought about when I was like, this is why I want to play division one hockey. But as I've gotten that support and like seeing how cool it is, that's something that I, that's definitely like a motivator for me now. Um, and kind of just something like that, like not that I've made it, but for what I set out to do and play division one, like I've accomplished that goal and there have been times where it's like you have to reflect on like what are your new goals like what like you you did something that wasn't expected but like you have to keep going to practice and working hard every day still and now i'm like using that as kind of a motivator like i want to i like i want to use where i've gotten to like help other people and not even just family friends but like if i'm going to keep like what's what's the real meaning of me making it to college hockey or because someone else is going to do it if I don't. But if I can be someone that helps others or uses my platform in a good way, then it actually has a meaning because the guy that would have had my spot might not have done that. 
if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, because everyone's going to have a family for the most part that is really supportive of them and, and proud of them. But like, what actual impact am I making if I'm not doing a little bit extra and like helping like coach and, um, I also seeing like even on, it, on like, social media, you're starting to voice a little bit about what you care about in yeah, culture it, and I mean, society. It, you, and not that I'm like famous or anything at all, but people are watching you. Like yeah, there's there's a spotlight on us, everyone on my team, and you can use it in one of two ways, like good way or bad way. And I I'm trying to use it in a better way. Um, not that I wasn't before, but just yeah, to get things out there and um, just even like the most rewarding thing is going back to coaching a little bit is like when little kids will like DM you on Instagram, like asking about how you got to where you are and like what little things helped. Like I will literally write like an essay back to them Mm -hmm. because like, I just like am so excited to help someone else that wants to do the same thing. And like the fact that they're reaching out shows so much that they like have that initiative and want to get better. But like little things like that are pretty cool. But then again, like it's the balance because it's I don't want to be putting so much pressure on myself where it's like I need to be succeeding for these kids because that can also become overwhelming. Like I've just gotten to a point where it's like I'm going to do what I do and give it my all. And then whatever happens, happens. If I make it to the next level, then great. I'm, but if I don't and I've given everything I have, then that's also okay. And maybe I'll find something else in life that like I can use to like help others too. So, um, and what is the next level? Next level is like, well, in general be pro, but, um, the, the ultimate goal is to make it to the NHL. Um, and I've, I'll be a sophomore in college next year. And just next year is a really big year for me to try and, um, have a great year like individually and like, we have a really good team coming back too so I'm really excited to, like hopefully win a championship and just keep taking it one game at a time because that's like it's the only way you can do it but yeah eventually like I'd want to go pro and as a goalie especially you don't just go right from college to the NHL you'd have to play years in the minors um, which would be kind of like Fargo again which would be cool you can go to Europe little like and have other experiences there but yeah I'm just trying to take it one year at a time and yeah Struz I'm so proud of you <laughs> don't cry <laughs> I w- <laughs> um can I I want to end it on one of my favorite stories about you but it's a little embarrassing it's all right do you have would you have any idea what I'm about to say uh I have a couple ideas yeah I'll, I'll just let you go for it. Okay. Get my natural reaction out. All right. <laughs> for, the, for the microphone. Um, <clears throat> so it's, I'm definitely nannying at the point at the time. Because you and I had a bit of a rough start. You wouldn't hug me. Um, yeah, I thought this was, this was going. <laughs> no, that wasn't going to oh, be. Okay, that's okay, not okay. the story. He actually literally made a sign that said, hugs ain't coming. Uh, and yet, but that was in when woodshop. It was in woodshop. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful sign. It also meant a lot to me. It's <laughs> funny. It was like the biggest hug he could give me, which was a sign saying hugs ain't coming. Uh, but anyway, so we're like at a good spot in our in our dynamic, and it's really your parents must have been away because I normally didn't really do the morning shift, and 
I had to come in and wake you up at like 6.30, I th- probably to do homework. And I walk in, I'm like, come on, Struth, it's 6.30, get, like, get up. And by the way, the, you would have dictated to me what time I should wake you up. So this is under your yeah. asking. You don't get up. So I go back downstairs and like, I don't know, make a cup of tea or something, come back up. Strauss, it's like 6.45 now, like, get up. You don't get up. You don't make a sound. You make nothing, you know. Finally, I come back around seven and I'm, I'm, I'm over it. I'm like, get up. Get up now. I was like, or at least just make a sound. <laughs> yeah, and you do this huge fart. <laughs> <laughs> and you lift the blanket over you and you're like, and you look at me and your face is so proud. You've got this huge <laughs> smile on your face. You're like, how good was that? And I was like, that was really good. <laughs> that was my favorite story about yeah, you. That's hilarious. Wait, what did you I'm think? I'm still proud. No, I thought it was the hugs ain't coming thing. Oh, yeah. That one. That is a good one. I mean, one. there's a bunch of good stories. The other one I was thinking about when we were talking about your guy friends was how if you swore in the car. Yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah. That you'd pull over and be like, we're not going until you, like, going again until you say sorry or something or cut it out. And I just find it so funny because, like, how old were you? Like 22. 20, 22. Like, one year older than I'm about to be. Yeah. It's so weird. So, it was it was fun. Though. I mean, because it was you were in high school at that point. Or you were no, in... No, no, no. Well, you were at Brunswick. I was in middle school. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. middle school. Sorry. Yeah. I forget middle school thing. And and it was my fate. Like, it was I Ryan. I hope that I wasn't getting the car pulled over for saying a swear word. <laughs> well, in, in high, high school. school. <laughs> that's a good one. But um, it was like Ryan Carmichael. It was like my favorite. Like, yeah. I loved these guys that were in the car. So or, was, by the way, the same guys I was talking about who were all, like, playing Division One hockey, hockey now, yeah. And, Still some um, of my best friends. Yeah, and if you, but you guys loved to say inappropriate things and swear. And I'd just pull over the car for a little while. But it was fun. Like, it wasn't I mean, too yeah, dramatic. You, no, you, I think you can tell me if I'm right or wrong, but I feel like you loved it. You just felt like you had to, like, be an authority figure and um, step in. Because, like, my mom would want you to or something. But you were just, you were, you were oh, all no, about I it. Secretly. Unless it, it. it only every once or twice it would like, you know, you'd as get, any boys, pissed, would, yeah. I'd get pissed. But most of the time I loved it. Most of the time you're like, guys. I know, stop. Yeah. <laughs> and then every once in a while when I would get too pissed, you would have a chat with me afterwards and be like, you're supposed, you, one time, you, I'll never forget this, you were like, yes, I think of you as the cool one, but sometimes you're not cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, sometimes I can't be cool. <laughs> And that was our dynamic. But Drew, thank you so much for coming on the thank show. Thank you for having me. This was this was awesome. My first podcast. Hey. hey. <laughs> Didn't picture it to be on a an hour of love podcast, but Passion, love. Passion, love. It's all it's all the same. Our program is produced and edited by Essie Zarr and myself, Grace Taylor, in Brooklyn, New York, with sound editing and original music by Jimmy Linville. Each episode features designs and illustrations by Nancy Pappas. As always, a special thanks to our guests for coming on and sharing their stories. Check out the show on Instagram or on our website at essiesourofloved.com.